Um, all right, so thanks y'all for being here. Um, I've already met some new people um, and that's been fun. It's good to get to know more people in our congregation. Um, so one thing you need to know about me is if this were a diagnosable thing, FOMO runs very deep with me. Does anybody know what FOMO is? Everybody, does anybody not know what FOMO is? Jeannie, I knew you were gonna raise your hand. I love you, bless your soul. Um, FOMO is fear of missing out. And I have that for myself and I have it for everybody else. <clears throat> so anybody that you invited and you wish were here, I'll feel it for them. I wish they were here too. Um, so that goes very deep with me. So if you are here tonight and you were here because you felt obligated, but there was some other thing that you were actually invited to, raise your hand. Anybody? Nobody's gonna admit it, but there's gotta be somebody in here who was like, oh, go again. But have you ever been in that situation? Ooh, hey, hey. <laughs> have you ever been in that situation where you're like invited to two things and you have to pick one, you can't do both? That kills me, like kills me <laughs> to the core, just drives me nuts. Actually, one time last summer, it was the end of kids camp and my kids had gotten sick, like stomach sick. So not just like the, the sniffles. Um, and it went through everybody in our family, but not me. I held out by the grace of God. I'm not really sure how that, <laughs> I managed that. But I was supposed to run in a mud run with several of my small group women. A couple of them are here tonight. Um, and very close friends, and I had to, I had to miss it. <laughs> and we had all gotten like matching tank tops. I wore it anyway that day <laughs> because it killed. And I took a selfie. I was like, I was like throwing up the guns. I was like, good girls, go team. You know, I was like, it kills. And Amanda, I was like, it kills you to not be here. I don't even like running. <laughs> I don't like to run, but it killed me to not be there because I wanted to be there with my team. But I was literally sick, and so was the rest of my family, and that was, so it's a pretty good excuse. But I still don't like not being able to be a thing, but I hate missing out. Okay, so before I go off <laughs> too far of a tangent with that, um, let me pray, and then we'll move forward. So let's pray. Whew, Heavenly Father, slow down my beating heart and my fast words. God, I pray that you would receive glory tonight. I thank you for these women who are here um, and I pray, God, that your spirit would fall afresh in this place and over me, Jesus. God, I pray that you would um, use this that I believe that you have put together, this story that you have put together for me to share um, for your glory. And God, I pray that the women here would see you um, and not me. Lord, move me out of the way. We love you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Okay, so um, Carla had asked me to do this. Um, not long after my spoken video was shown um, a couple months ago, Galileo, you know when that was now. Um, and I was both excited and horrified all at the same time. <laughs> um, you can put me on a stage to sing and I'm good all day. But to do this, this is a different ballgame. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So when she asked me, yes, I was excited and I was nervous. But um, before I move forward, are there, is there anybody in here who, who did not see that video? Because I want to know, okay. Okay, I, I figured there would be, but I want, <coughs> excuse me, I wanted to make sure um, so I can kind of catch you up on that, on what that video is. So 
the spoken videos that we do here are testimonial videos, right? We just saw one this past Sunday, if you were there, um, Julia, whoo, that was a great, oh man, God is good. Um, and so I was honored to do that also, um, and, and also terrified to do that as well, um, because there's a level of vulnerability, right, that goes along with sharing your story. And, um, and so as a quick synopsis of what that video kind of encapsulated, um, about six years ago, I had a miscarriage um, between, so I have three kids. I have Malcolm, who's seven. Ooh, God, that's a, that's a big number to say. I'm, I'm not mature enough to have seven year old. Um, Malcolm, who's seven, Reese, who's four, and Fletcher, who will be two in August. And I had a miscarriage between Malcolm and Reese. Um, and it was a complicated one. I lost over a third of my blood, um, and, and I was, like recovering from that for about a month before I really regained back all of my energy. So it was a, it took a big toll on my body. Um, but that miscarriage did two things, more than two things, but these are two things I'm going to share. Um, so two things, it stirred up some deep, um, deep seated feelings of inadequacy for me. Um, not just like in that moment, I'm talking like lifelong feelings um, that I have dealt with forever. Um, and so it, it like rekindled and stirred up a whole lot of that in me. Um, and then the other thing that it did uh, was it propelled me into a season of growth and a season of change. Um, and so it was both painful and hard and um, not something that I necessarily want to go through again or want anybody else to have to go through. Um, but it was also, it was also good and peaceful and, um, and, and, and yeah, like I said, it propelled me as a catalyst for change in my life, which I desperately needed, um, in that season. And so though it was painful, I know that God used that baby, um, cause nothing, God doesn't waste a thing, right? Y'all can nod your head and agree with me on that if you do. Um, he doesn't waste anything. And so I know that that baby, though only 11 weeks and five days in my womb, had a purpose. And part of its purpose was to give its mama my voice back, my voice of worship, my voice of leadership. Um, and to uh, remember that, I actually have a tattoo on the back side of my ear that's where that I, I forget that I have a lot. <laughs> um, but that's it. That's that's purpose. Um, so I sing, but um, yeah, but that baby did a whole lot for me in its short little window, um, and I'm very thankful for that. But like I said, it was a painful season, uh, and one that pushed me into growth. So here we go. Now I'm going to catch you up on six years since that happened. So uh, bear with me, and hopefully. I don't bore you to death. If anybody falls asleep, I would not be offended. Um, okay, so like I said, the last six years have been a lot of growth. And I don't mean that like, oh, good for you. I mean like sometimes, sometimes it's great. And then other times like, okay, okay, I get it. Can I just have a break? Can you just go work on somebody else, Lord, please? Like I just need a break. Anybody else? Has anybody else ever felt that way? Where it's like, it's like, come on. This is one thing after another. And I feel like I'm, it's like, Oh, I need to work on this thing, and now I need to work on this thing, and I've got to work on this thing too, and I'm going to do it all at the same time while raising three children and being away. <laughs> this is going to be great. Um, 
So there, so I do, yeah. So sometimes it's, sometimes it's painful, sometimes, sometimes it's easier, right? Sometimes it's more obvious, sometimes it's not quite as easy. Um, but anybody know what the Enneagram is? Enneagram. <laughs> yes, it's a personality thing. Um, and if you know anything about the Enneagram, then you'll understand, I, I'm a seven, which if you know something about the Enneagram, it's not gonna come as a surprise to you. The sevens are the outgoing, extroverted, we don't wanna miss out on things kind of people. Um, but the other thing with us, with me um, at least, is that I don't, I don't like to feel pain. I don't like to process pain, and not necessarily physical, but emotional. I don't, I don't, I'm like, nope, I'm out. I'd rather just like, we let that, so sweep it under the rug and hopefully it goes away. That's kind of how I how I roll and how I've rolled for nearly for my 32 years pretty much of life. Um, and so I don't I just try to ignore it. I don't like pain. I don't like conflict. Um, I don't like processing any of that. I don't want to say like you hurt my feelings. I really don't like that because it puts us in a vulnerable puts me in a vulnerable space. Um, and so I don't like doing stuff like that. So I just want it to go away. So along the way in these six years, there's been a lot of growing pains because in the growth, I've needed to address and process a lot of the like negative stuff that I was feeling in my heart and in my mind. And so um, for as much as I've grown, it's still very difficult for me to, to, to be honest about, about those things um, and those negative feelings. I hope I'm not alone in that. Um, actually, I do. I hope none of you feel the way <laughs> feel the way that I feel sometimes. Um, and and honestly, if the only place, if the only space that you see me is like here at the church or when I'm up on the platform, you're probably like, no way. She has negative feelings. Yes, I do. I'm just I've just gotten a little too good at hiding it sometimes. Um, and so I that's what I do. I like to put on a good front and look good on the outside. Um, and, and try to hide everything on the inside. Not necessarily because I want you to think better of me, but because I don't want to burden you with any of my stuff. I don't want you to think that you have to feel bad for me or help me or like coddle me or take care of me. Like I don't, I don't want any of that. And so I just try to hang on to it and hopefully I'll process it on a bit, but just, you know, outside that mind, right? If I don't talk about it, it doesn't exist. If it doesn't exist, then there's nothing to worry about. And that's kind of where that's the space that I'm usually in. Um, but in these last six years, I do feel like the Lord has been pushing me to stop doing that. And I don't like it all the time. Um, so that's been, so that's been kind of hard. Um, but then 2020 happened and we don't need to talk about it. <laughs> um, 2020 happened. We all know, we all know what that was, but that was a, that was another kind of awakening season for me. Um, I was pregnant with Fletcher, and so, you know, hormones. Um, and then I was told, as an extroverted, self-diagnosed FOMO person, to stay in and don't go anywhere or see anybody. That did not go well for me. Um, I like I love people too much. I gain energy from people, not kids. I love our kids' ministry, but they know me, and they know not to bother asking me. <laughs> but people, in general, give me life, and, 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 and I didn't have that. And so I very quickly was, was just crumbling. Um, but I, actually, I had, I had friends 
who would reach out to me during that season of like not really doing much of anything and they'd be like are you okay <laughs> and I'm like what and they're like well I'm just checking on all my extroverted friends Val you were one of them um, and just checking on me because that's literally how bad it was and you know we laugh or whatever but on the inside I was crumbling I was falling apart the things that I was doing externally to help distract me from what was going on on the inside I no longer had that to distract me so I had to, to deal with the stuff that was going on on the inside um, and I didn't like that very much either um, so check and make sure I'm not totally off track. <laughs> okay, so fast forward a few months, Fletcher's born, it was August, and at the same time, my five-year-old started virtual kindergarten. Like literally the same, I went into labor the day he had his, um, like whatever kindergarten orientation, no joke, they hand my five-year-old an iPad, and it's like, it's gonna be great, we're gonna do school on here. He couldn't read, he has no idea what he's looking at when he's looking at an iPad, but it was gonna be great. That's what was, that, that's what was, that was what was happening. So um, I had a new baby. My five-year-old was starting kindergarten virtually. And um, yeah, I'm in counseling now. So it's fine. <laughs> um, I wish that I could, I wish that I could say that that fixed it all. Um, but in the midst of, of all of that, I was having what I'm calling inadequacy attacks. Um, Cause they weren't like, panic attacks, wasn't panicking about anything, it wasn't anxiety, um, maybe I suppose I could call it more like depression, but it was inadequacy because for me, that's my biggest trigger, that is the thorn in my side. If I start to, regardless of what role it is, if I start to feel inadequate about something, I will shut down really fast, and I will head down a trail, I will, I, I'm just, I'm the worst mom, I'm the, I, and I, I'm saying this kind of joking, but I'm not joking. Like these, these inadequacy attack days that I would have, um, I would be curled up in a ball on my couch, really wanting to just go away. And that's, that was my reality for, for a smidgen of time. And truth be told, I wanted to go away, not because, not be, I never felt, I never felt like suicidal or anything. Um, but I wanted to go away because I felt like there's gotta be somebody else who can be doing this better than I can. Better mom, better wife, better worship leader, better friend. And I and I wanted and I and I didn't want to process the pain. I didn't want to go through that to get to get better. I just wanted it to go away. Um and so yeah, so I've been I've been going to counseling, um, which has been really good. Um and some days when I come home from a from an appointment, my husband will be like, "So how was counseling?" And I was like, "It was really good," which means it really sucked. <laughs> and if anybody in here has ever gone to counseling, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And if you have not ever gone to counseling, talk to me afterwards. I'll give you a number to call. Because <laughs> uh, honestly, it took me way longer than it should have to go and do that. That has been one of the most valuable things that I've ever done to be able to talk to somebody who's who's completely like. Uh, what's the word? I always, I always mess up. Yeah, that works. Um, uh, yeah, neutral and unbiased, and she's not like a part of my day-to-day, -day, um, and, and it's just really good to have those conversations. Objective, that's the word I'm looking for. Um, and she's like, <laughs> she's like totally, totally, um, she's very willing to just 
tell me like it is, which is good too. And then at the same time, at the drop of a hat, she'll pause and pray for me, which is pretty great. Um, and so it's been really good. So seriously, awesome, but there's been a lot of processing and uncovering things along the way. Um, and even through all this, I wish again that I could say that I, you know, that it has been a like a fix for me. Um, but I'm, you know, still having those really hard days um, and those uh, days where, yeah, something, something will trigger my inadequacy and I'm just like, and I'm out. Like, I just want today to be done and I want to go to sleep and I want to wake up tomorrow and I want it to be over. And I want that to be behind me and I don't want to deal with it. Um, and so that's what, um, that's what I was still kind of doing. I wasn't ever, like I was still just letting things go behind me and not actually address them. Does that make sense? Anybody else do what I do? Um, and honestly, at the start of this year, there was a lot that was coming up in me that I don't, that I did not like. Um, a lot of hard, heavy untruths that have been, that are so deeply rooted that, that the Lord was bringing up things I haven't thought about for years bringing up memories from like literally grade school and this untruth that was that was biting at me was that i'm not anyone's actual choice and that really sucks to feel that way to not feel like to feel like i'm someone's choice by default um or like sorry guys you're stuck with me it's kind of how um i feel sometimes and so um i knew I knew that God wanted to root that out of me um, because it's so because it was so deeply seated. Um, but I I I I don't like pain, so I was like I don't really I don't really want to do that either. Um, and so I, just being completely honest with you, was avoiding the Lord for months because I knew. That every time I sat down to have a quiet time, this thing was going to come up and I was going to have to deal with it and I didn't want to. And so I was, I was, I knew full well what I was doing. What's, what do you call it, Sarah? Consciously incompetent? It's exactly what I am. I am aware of how incompetent I am. <laughs> and so I was avoiding, I was avoiding exactly what I knew I needed, but because I was, I, I didn't want to deal with the pain. And I didn't want to speak it out loud, and I hoped that it would go away. And then at the at the underneath that, then is another untruth that I should be more put together, and then I'll stop ignoring him. Like I need to, I need to, I need to get my, I need to get myself together. Like just hang on, I'm gonna get it together over here, and then I'm gonna come hang out with you, right? Which is what we do sometimes. We do that with people. It's like, oh no, somebody's coming up, coming over, clean up the house. That's why I have people over. I hate cleaning, so I only do it when people come to my house. You show up un unannounced to my house, and you will see the real me, okay? <laughs> um, you'll be lucky if I'm out of my sweatpants. On a day like today, though, woo, okay, it was hot. I'm thankful for this space with air conditioning. Um, so, yeah, so this, this further underlying untruth that I need to be more put together, which when you've been a Christian for quite a while, it seems obvious that you shouldn't think that anymore. You should understand that I don't have to have it all together before I come to Jesus. And golly, do I tell people that. Like, I can tell all y'all, you don't have to have it all together. You just show up just as you are and you're just fine. But I can't, I have a very hard time believing that stuff for myself. 
And I have a feeling I'm not the only one in here, but I'm not gonna make you raise your hand about that. Um, but it's hard. It's hard sometimes to believe those most fundamental, basic Christian truths, at least for me, for myself. I can tell everybody else and believe it so much for everybody else, but for me, it's like, well, the exception is a rule, right? Wrong, that's wrong. Um, and it's like, I don't wanna to be too broken when I go to do this. I wanna look a little bit put together, you know? It's like I got at least mascara on. Foundation Jesus, but I got my mascara on, okay? Which is what happened today. Um, I'm sweating too much to put anything else on. Um, but then there's this, this inadequacy thing that nags at me again. And again, it's not because at least, and this is what I say, and hopefully, I'm, hopefully I am honest with it. I don't, it's not that I think that God can't handle my brokenness. It's that I don't want to make him have to handle it. Does that make sense? Anybody else with me on that? I don't want to burden somebody else with my stuff, which is why it took me so long. <laughs> there was one night, I wasn't even sure of it. There was one night in our small group after some of this stuff was kind of coming up, and I was, if I'm quiet, everybody's like, what's wrong? Because I'm never quiet. And so I was quiet the whole night. And my one of my best friends turns and looks at me and goes, I want to know what's going on with you. And I was like, nope. And then I was just sobbing, sobbing uncontrollably. And, and they, believe it or not, they didn't all just leave the room and bail on me. They circled me up and they hugged me help me and they prayed for me. Darn if I'm not super thankful for that group. Um, whew, okay, so um, alright, so, so I'm still, okay, hang on, let me just like <laughs> um, alright, so there's this underlying there's this underlying thing with me, right, but then this inadequacy thing is still, is still nagging at me. And then, and I'm still having these hard days. Um, and, and again, they're not just like, like, I don't feel good. It's like, I, I don't, I can't function. Like, I'm not, I'm not taking care of my kids super well. It's like, I, I, I need, I need to retreat. I can't, I can't deal with my day. Um, but then one day recently, I woke up and I could feel, I could feel that fog setting in. And if y'all know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. Um, and I could feel it setting in. And, and I know when that starts right out of the gate again, I'm just like, okay, just, can I just like open my eyes, say good morning to everybody and then close them again, it's just nighttime. Like I just want the day to go away so that feeling goes away because it doesn't usually last for that for longer than a day, but it lasts, right? And, um, but that day was different. That day, um, God did a very sweet thing and he used my husband to show me his grace. Um, which sounds like such a simple concept, but, and I love my husband, but he does not always understand the emotional roller coaster that his wife is on about 100% of the time. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Um, we all chuckle because we do. <laughs> um, but that day, he was like, he was, he was godly gracious. He was godly loving. <laughs> he was godly sweet to me. And in that moment, it literally clicked. It clicked. I don't have to retreat from God because I look like a hot mess express and I feel like one too. 
I can drag my sorry, weary self into his open arms. It's such a basic concept. But that day, he used my husband to show me tangibly himself. And I would I will never forget that, forget that moment. And so how do we know? How do I know? How do I know that I can do that? That I can that I can drag myself. <laughs> Sometimes I get screaming. But some I can drag myself looking like a hot mess straight to Jesus. And he's like, hey, I've been waiting on you. Right? In his kindness and in his mercy and in his grace. He is good, right? So how do I know? Well, I'm going to tell you about four men. You probably know who they are. <laughs> but because David, David cries out all through the Psalms, right? And we all know that he's not perfect. Man after God's own heart, but he had his, he had his things, right? And he, and he was not perfect. And the Psalms are kind of a roller coaster ride. I love him for that. <laughs> he takes us on that emotional journey, right? And one of my favorites is Psalm 61. At the very beginning, he says, Hear my cry, O God, listen to my prayer. From the ends of the earth I call to you. I call as my heart grows faint. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. He says, as my heart grows faint. In the ESV, it says, when my heart grows faint. In the Amplified, which I love this, this it says, when my heart is overwhelmed and weak, lead me to the rock that is higher than I, a rock that is too high to reach without your help. And I love that. I love that image because Lord knows we cannot reach that rock that is higher than we are if we don't have his help. And I was not doing it. I'm having these hard days because I'm just like, I'll get there someday. I'm just trying to do it all myself, right? So thankful. So I'm thankful for David. So there's David. Then um, we can also know because of Paul. Paul's the OG. He's the original thorn in my flesh, right? He tells us that in 2 Corinthians. And he says, and, and he talks about, he's got this thorn, and he asks God to take it away from him three different times. And God said no. How dare he, right? And I feel sometimes like I am, like, I, there have definitely been days where, Lord, just take this. Just take it right now. You know? Like, I would love it if he just took this inadequacy, these deep feelings away from me so I could just be done dealing with it. But sometimes he says no. And for Paul, he said no. He's like, nope, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in your weakness. And so Paul is like, all right, I'm a boast in it then. And he starts bo he's boasting in his weaknesses. In the message, it calls it a gift. It calls this thorn in the flesh a gift. And I'm like, I don't know about y'all, but this, most of the time I do not think of this as a gift. Though I probably should because the word tells me to do that. But at the end of it, he says, for, for when I am weak, then I am strong. And in the Amplified, it says, for when I am weak in human strength, then I am strong, truly able, truly powerful, truly drawing from God's strength. I don't know about y'all, but I want that truly stuff. Right? Um, so that's Paul. Then we, know, we can know because of Peter, who in Matthew 14, while walking on the water with Jesus, starts sinking, right? We all know this story. He starts sinking, and sometimes we're like, oh, come on, Peter. But most of the time, I'm like, oh, thank God for Peter. Because <laughs> it gives me, an, right, it gives us an, a good example. And he starts sinking, and instead of trying to swim harder, 
and say, hang on, I'm gonna get there. I'm gonna find my confidence again, some, again sometime. Instead of trying to swim harder, he just looks up and shouts, Lord, save me. Lord, save me. Talk about an act of faithfulness. He looked up and he remembered who God was for him and what, he, what he'd been doing, right? And so I'm thankful, I'm thankful for Peter. And lastly, because Jesus himself tells me in Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, he says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Y'all better give an amen in this place. <laughs> he is so kind. He's so kind. He's so gracious. Sometimes I feel like, like if I'm Peter, let's be honest, I'm going to step out the boat. I'm going to be like, woo, woo. And, you know, it's like, Lord, save me. He gets me. I take one more step. I'm falling back in. That's how I feel like it would go for me. Like it just, it's like every step, I'm like sinking and I'm back up and I'm sinking and I'm back up. Because that's how gracious he is. He pulls me back up every time. Every time. And so I hope that y'all find encouragement from these things like I do. And maybe there are some of y'all out there thinking she's only just getting this concept now. Like she's just figuring this out. She leads worship at this church for crying out loud. Like she doesn't have this figured out that she can come to Jesus however she, however she is. And yeah, that's kind of how I feel too. <laughs> That I can't believe that this is that I'm still that I'm still struggling with some of these things. But y'all, what's one thing that I've been learning in the last six years since that since my sweet baby is that I can't be too prideful. I can't be too prideful to try to hide my stuff and make it seem like I'm doing better than anybody else. Because I'm a sinner who needs saving. I'm weary and I'm burdened and I need some rest in my Jesus. And I know I'm not alone. Sometimes it's hard for me to believe, but I know I'm not alone in that. So, what am I learning? I'm coming to a close. Y'all are hanging with me. I appreciate it. So, what am I learning? Well, I call it the art of both and. Okay? So, hang with me. I can be both weary and burdened and find rest in Jesus. I don't have to do those things separately. That's what I'm talking about. I can be like David, Paul, and Peter. I can both recognize my lack. I can recognize my weaknesses. And at the same time, I can confidently continue because of God's strength. I don't have to do those things separately. I don't have to work on my lack and my weakness first and then come to Jesus to find his strength. I'm like, Jesus, I am weak and I need your strength. That's what I can do. I can be both all in with Jesus and have nothing to give. That's another one that we feel sometimes, right? We're like, I don't have it. There's nothing I can do. Well, Rachel just told us, if you know your ABCs and you can count, you're in, right? So I can do these things at the same time, regardless of how I feel. I can be both all in and have nothing to give because he is my enabler, regardless of how I feel. There's another verse. Somebody help me out. It says, uh, I think it's in Habakkuk, and he talks about um, enabling my feet to go on the heights. I love that phrasing, because it reminds me that I can't do that by myself. Kind of like this, lead me to the rock that's higher than I. And then I can be both falling apart at the seams, 
having an inadequacy attack, struggling with all the same stuff that I just keep struggling with over and over and over again. And I can be held together in my Father's peace. And that is a gift, right? So, thank you all for hanging with me. Um, to close, one thing that I would like to do that Carla had um, kind of asked, and I kind of, I don't know if I'm not sure if I'm doing it exactly the way that, <laughs> that we had talked about, but um, one song that has been an anchor for me for the last uh, couple years um, has been that song, Peace. Um, and I would love to sing that with um, and over y'all um, because to understand, to understand these things, we need a whole heap of peace, especially in our, in our world, right? There's a lot of chaos and a lot of stuff fighting for our attention and fighting for our time and our, um, and our treasures. And so, um, and I love, I love the lyrics in this song. Um, I love them for, in verse one when it says, when my mind is like a battlefield, and my heart is overcome by fear, and hope seems like a ship that's lost at sea. My enemy's on every side, and I'm tempted to run and hide. Your gentle whisper reaches out. That's peace that holds me when I'm broken. Let me pray, and then I'd love to, I'd love to sing. If y'all know this song, please join me. <laughs> um, so let me pray real quick. Father, you are good. And we do cry out to you, Lord, from wherever we're at in our lives, in our walks with you, in the season that we're in. Lord, I praise you for those in here who, who are in a season of, of peace and a season of goodness and blessing. Um, and I pray that they would praise you all the more. And I thank you for those in here who are, who are struggling maybe like I am. But regardless of where we are, Lord, we know we all need your peace. And so I pray, Jesus, that you would sing these words over us. Thank you, Father, for who you are. We praise you and we ask that you would lead us to the rock that is higher than we are. Amen. When my mind is like a battlefield and my heart is overcome by fear, and hope seems like a ship that's lost at sea. My enemy's on every side, and I'm tempted to run and hide. Your gentle whisper reaches out to me. Peace that holds me when I'm broken. Sweet peace that passes on. Barriers whistling, the 